Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Ah, we're having fun. Greedy, back and better than ever, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guest on the Goodyear Hotline, Doris was with us earlier, getting set for tonight. Could be a coronation in Milwaukee. Shefty dropping a bomb in the middle of get-up this morning. Rodgers is getting out of Green Bay one way or the other. We'll get back to that as we continue. Bad news from the NFL. Did you see this? Cam Akers tore his Achilles training. Rams leading rusher before training camp even begins. Out for the year with an Achilles. That's terrible. So a million things going on. The news from the Olympics is bleak with the organizer there in Tokyo saying that there's still a chance they're going to have to wind up canceling the whole thing three days now before the opening ceremony. So there's a lot of stuff out there. So we try to make you laugh here as much as we can, and we are laughing, and I hope that you find it funny too. Meanwhile, I think it is reasonable to say that there is no all-time great currently playing in any sport that we spend more time and energy focused on what he or she cannot do than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is he Batman? Is he Robin? Is he Michael? Is he Pippin? All these questions. What a shame that is for us. Because what we are thus failing to do is to bask in the glory of what is one of the greatest starts to an NBA career ever. Consider this. If he wins tonight, Giannis will have back-to-back MVPs and a championship before turning 27 years old. The only players ever to do that are Kareem and Tim Duncan. And Kareem won his championship playing with Oscar Robertson. Duncan won his championship playing with David Robinson. Giannis does not have anyone on his team right now who has ever been all NBA, much less a first ballot Hall of Famer. So while we've been busy talking about how Giannis can't shoot threes, here's what he's been busy doing. First of all, posting up. He has posted up 33 times in the finals as a team. The Suns have 19. He has been D-ing up. Over the last three seasons, Giannis is the only defensive player to hold opponents under 40% shooting. He's the best defender in the league. And in this series, he is flat, dominating. He's on pace to average 30 points, 10 boards, and 5 assists in the finals. Only LeBron, Kareem, and Hakeem ever did that before. He's also shooting 61% from the floor. The only player ever to average 30 points on 60% shooting in the finals is Shaq. And all this comes from a guy who signed a Supermax before the season so it wouldn't be a distraction to his team. He could have been a free agent this summer. Could have been running to a super team right now. Instead, he stayed in Milwaukee where it's been 50 years since Alcindor. Giannis is homegrown. He was the 15th pick in the draft. And three weeks ago tonight, he was on the ground writhing in pain, thinking he had blown out his knee. So, Nuno, we can choose if we want to, to go ahead and stay focused on all the things the Greek freak doesn't do. But by this time tomorrow, if he wants to give us the finger in return, he may be very well getting it sized up for a ring. Nuno, what do you make of my belief that Giannis right now is the most underappreciated immortal in sports? The in sports thing is a little... In basketball, definitely... Um... And listen, I have to eat some crow, right? Because I remember on the infamous Google Doc one time put, is there a superstar in the NBA that you trust the least outside of Giannis? And he's, you know, he's completely changed. I've changed my opinion based upon how well he's played um, and what he's been doing. Now, do it next year when everyone's healthy. Okay. So now what you're doing is exactly what you do. And this is what people do. They're going to find ways to pick away at it for whatever reason. Let me start with this. You weren't wrong when you said what you said. 
But I give Giannis credit. Giannis recognized that for his team to have its best chance to win, look at the names I just read that he is being compared to. His numbers are like those numbers put up by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal. What do those guys have in common? They're centers. He's a center. He's not supposed to be floating around the perimeter shooting threes. He's not supposed to be creating the offense for everybody else, which, by the way, he does pretty well for a guy his size. He's the most athletic center of all time, but he is a center. He is a center with handles. What what was the stat? He's got 60 field goals in this series, 52 of them from the paint. That's right. He's a center. And once he figured that out and started playing that way, it completely changed the series. Now, the second part of what Nuno just said, I can't argue with. We did a thing right before the finals began in which I said, we would go through if there had been no injuries and we redid the bracket and neither the Suns nor the Bucks would be there. The Suns wouldn't be in the finals right now. They would have lost to the Lakers in the first round for sure. And they would have lost to the Clippers if, if uh, Kawhi had played, but that's not what happened. The Bucks would have lost to the Nets for sure. The Bucks lost to the Nets. I don't have the number in front of me. Game two of that series. I think the final score was 217 to four. Do I have that right? What was it? Stand by. Was the final margin of that 200 points? The the Nets beat them by 200 points in game two. And we're going to beat them in game three. And then Kyrie turned his ankle and it was never the same again. Harden tried to come back. So those are just facts. But we can't do anything about them. He can't do anything about them. It's not Giannis's fault. Again, three weeks ago tonight, Giannis was lying on the floor thinking he had been added to this list. Remember, the build-up to game one of the finals was, is Giannis going to play? Not only has he played, he's had one of the greatest series of all time. What was the final score in game two? <laughs> 125 to 86. Yeah, and it wasn't nearly that close. It was, it, was, it was 39 points, and you're right, it was more like 50. Oh, it felt more like 50. 39 points does not in any way tell the story of how one-sided that game was <laughs> or how one-sided that series was about to be. But that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. We can't do anything about that. I give Giannis all the credit in the world. And this conversation that I'm hearing in different places, is he the MVP if they win? With all due respect, are you kidding? Giannis is having one of the greatest series of all time. Chris Middleton makes big shots. Drew Holiday plays great defense. Those have been critical. They don't win without them. But Giannis is the MVP. To me, it should be unanimous. I will be shot floored. Okay, if Chris Middleton scores 70 points tonight, let's have a different conversation. But if the game tonight goes the way these games have generally gone and the Bucks win, I think Giannis will be a unanimous choice for MVP. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. In the meantime, maybe the more interesting question than Giannis's legacy is what is at stake for Chris Paul? Are we here for the Chris Paul slander? That's really the question. Chris Paul is an all-time great player. Last night, do I have it up here someplace? I, I seem to have misplaced my Big Perk soundbite up here, guys. Do I have Big Perk up here? Uh, Big Perk talking about, he was on the 6 o'clock Sports Center last night, um, and he really went in on Chris Paul. And he talked about the things he's not seeing. He said, CP3 needs CPR. He needed to wake the hell up. I don't need to play it. You, 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 you've probably seen it by now. If not, that's what he said. And it got me to thinking. 
There's a part of me that doesn't want to do that. I have it now. Let me play a little bit of it here, just just so you get a little bit of a flavor of of Big Perk. CP3 needs CPR. He has to wake the hell up. And I'm not talking about from a number standpoint, right? I'm talking about him as being a leader, bringing that tenacity. We- that, that, that's sort of the flavor of what he said. It was 40 seconds of that. And he's right. And the bottom line of it is this. There's a part of me that wants, I am finding more and more ways in my own head to give Chris Paul a pass. He's tired. Drew Holiday is wearing him out his shoulder. He had COVID. But then I started thinking, you know how old he is? Chris Paul's 36. You know how old LeBron James is? He's 36. Now, Chris Paul isn't LeBron James historically, but he is one who is kind of in the argument with the great point guards of all time. If LeBron James was having the finals that Chris Paul is having right now, he would get obliterated. Obliterated. So it's food for thought. Do we need to be thinking about Chris Paul if this thing goes sideways on him again tonight? Do we need to be talking about it the way we talk about LeBron? People still hold the 2011 finals against LeBron in the debate for the greatest player of all time. Do we hold another love to loss or uh, being up two games to none? He'd be the first player ever to lose four playoff series in which his team had a 2-0 lead. All the opportunities, all the chances, and this time he's, he's not hurt, or at least he's not obviously so. Does it diminish his place historically if they lose this thing and he continues to play the way he has the last few games? It's a fascinating question. Whether you need to hire a civil engineer in New York or a mascot in Missouri, ZipRecruiter's technology finds people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply and right now you can try it free only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Coming up next, fascinating piece that I found on ESPN.com. It is bad news for the Jets. It is very good news for the Dallas Cowboys and several other teams. And you'll hear it right after this on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Yeah, J-Lo. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Again, guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, The reason that is significant for those of you who are just joining us here. I told the story earlier of the time that I interacted with Jennifer Lopez. I got off an elevator and she got on it at the David Letterman show. I greeted her briefly. She ignored me. We went our separate ways. That's an interaction. If a shark bites off your leg, that is not an interaction. That is the comparison that I was making, and that's why I have a problem with these people in Sydney, Australia. Meanwhile, the question is, do I have a problem with Bill Barnwell? 
So there's an article. Bill Barnwell is one of our football analysts, and he does a really good job. He, he, write, he writes a lot of analytical stuff on ESPN.com, and he's, he takes a lot of positions. You know, he's, he's a pretty opinionated guy, and I like his work because frequently I disagree with it. And so I want to say for the fifth year in a row or something, he does this every year, he ranked all the NFL teams by arsenal. And to be clear, that means all the players on your offense, excuse me, your offensive skill players, but not the quarterback. So it doesn't count your offensive line and it doesn't count your quarterback. Takes into account all your receivers, all your tight ends, and your running backs. And he ranks them one through 32. You want me to start? Let, let, me, let me go to Bubba here. Bubba, you want me to start at the top or at the bottom? I would say the bottom. Okay. He has the New York Jets 30th out of 32. That was obviously what stood out for me. He has the Texans dead last. Think about that. Think about the Texans. This is a team that had extraordinary wide receivers. Extraordinary wide receivers. Traded one of them away and now lost one as a free agent. That's a team that had as good a receiving core, at least at top heavily, but had extraordinarily good receivers. Now they have the worst weapons in the NFL. The Lions are 31st. The Jets are 30th. And that jumped out at me. As any Jet fan knows, the narrative on the Jets right now is that they are surrounding Zach Wilson with a lot more pieces than they ever gave to Sam Darnold, which is true. It may also be true that they have the third worst arsenal in the NFL. What that just shows you is just how bad what was around Sam was. What the Jets have actually done better than this is they have addressed the offensive line. They, have, uh, they should be markedly improved on the offensive line. And for my money, if you have a young quarterback, that's more important. If you said to me, Greeny, would you rather, as you're trying to develop this young quarterback, and whether this is the Jets or the Bears or the Jaguars or any of the other teams, Eagles, uh, whoever's got a young quarterback, and you said, would you rather do the line or do the weapons? I would do the line. The weapons you can always get afterwards. The line is critical, especially for the super young quarterbacks, because you don't want them to get skittish. You don't want them getting pounded back there. For some guys, it's okay, but for some of them, it, it, it sort of beats their whole career out of them. So I'm okay with that. But for whatever it's worth, I think a lot of fans of the New York Jets will be dismayed to see them down there at number 30. The Eagles, by the way, are 29. The Colts are 28. That felt low to me, if only because their running game is excellent. They have Mm -hmm. two excellent runners, in particular Jonathan Taylor, who was great. But whatever. At the top, he's got the Buccaneers number one. I can't argue because of the depth. They just have so many guys. They brought literally everybody back. And they've got Evans and Godwin and Brown and Gronk and all these. stuff. They've got just a million guys and Leonard Fournette and Rojo. They're just like an endless array of offensive players. So I have no problem with the Buccaneers having the number one list of weapons. He put the Dallas Cowboys too. Now, if you watch the show on TV in the morning with us with Get Up, you've heard me many times say the Cowboys are always – outstanding in June and July. It never ceases to amaze me how good the Cowboys are always in June and July. And I grant you, they have good weapons. But are you telling me right now that you would take C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Zeke Elliott ahead of A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry? Yes. 
Get out of here. Well, that's because you're a delusional cowboy fan, and that's why this is your favorite month of the year. This is why Bubba takes his TWT as vacations in June and July, because that's the time to celebrate, because you're going to be too miserable in October and November to be having any fun. Again, the Cowboys' weapons are good. Are you telling me right now? The the, the, the Cleveland Browns have two running backs I would take ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. People still talk about Zeke like he's an elite back. He wasn't that last year. Last year is last year. He's in shape this year. It's a new Zeke. We'll see. It's a new physique. Let's see if he's really in shape. The the history of, of, of pro football is filled with guys who got their money and didn't work as hard anymore. And I'm not suggesting he is that, but I'm going to need to see it. I'm, I'm not 100% sure he's the best running back on that team now. I, I watched that kid Pollard run with the ball last year. He's pretty good. Sounds like we got two running backs. I like uh, it. I mean, you got the two-headed attack. So, again, I'm, just, I'm really surprised by that. Is C.D. Lamb good? Absolutely. Right now, if I gave you the option, uh, take Bubba out of this. Nuno, if I told you right now you could either have C.D. Lamb or A.J. Brown on your team, which one are you taking? I'm taking A.J. Brown. If I told you you could have Amari Cooper on your team or Julio Jones, which one are you taking? Amari! <laughs> Come on. That might be tough, but it probably be tough. Julio. What no, tough? because Bubba's out here screaming. That's why. Bubba can scream all he wants. That's not a tough. I can ask you tough questions. That's not a tough question. Would you rather have Derrick Henry or Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, Derrick Henry and a heartbeat. It's not even worth talking about. So, I mean, this is what I mean. Like, like the, the – so – I'm I'm floored by I'm surprised by this. Now I read I read the article, and he does make good points. They have depth at the tight end position. They have two tight ends who are effective. They do have more depth, and you do have to take that into account. But I will just say again, it just jumped off the page at me. The Cowboys always rated so high, <laughs> always so high, and then the season starts. Like he's got the Browns at four, the Vikings, the Chiefs at six. That, that's the one that felt low to me. Well, I mean, the they've got six. Travis Kelsey and, and Tyree Kill alone. Mm-hmm. If you were starting a team, you could have any tight end. You could argue would take Kelsey. Oh, yeah. If you were starting a team and you could have, like, like Tyree Kill would be in your first five receivers. No doubt. That feels, so that feels very low to me. So one way or the other. Anyway, if you want to see it, it's Barnwell's Eagles piece. Eagles sure are terrible on there, though. Huh? Well, yeah, and that's with Devontae Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the Eagles are terrible. The Eagles are at the, at the, at the first stage of rebuilding. No one suggests otherwise. The Cowboys, everyone's got them in the Super Bowl. Yep. I, got, I got people putting them in the Super Bowl. Again, because it's July. July 4th is their favorite holiday. They're not so good at Thanksgiving. Halloween, not so good. Not real good at Christmas. New Year's Day, not their favorite holiday. July 4th, oh, they're dangerous. July 4th is the Cowboys' favorite holiday. All right, coming up, what one NFL coach has in common with the top sports psychologist in the world? That's next. This is Greening on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. All right, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. We're coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. We have a couple of developing stories, including one that I just got here that I will share in just a moment. Uh, but I will spend that moment telling you about SelectQuote. You know, before last year, some things were low on your to-do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them, especially now. Your family is your number one priority, and if you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. My life insurance provides me peace of mind. It can do the same for you. You don't want to just use anybody for this. You need a pro. That's why you need SelectQuote. SelectQuote's been around 35 years. Over 2 million families have trusted them. We comparison shop highly rated insurance companies like Prudential, Banner Life, Mutual of Omaha, and others to impartially find you the company with the best rates. Their technology quickly matches your individual needs with the best insurance company to find your best policy. They do the bulk of the work for you, so there's no excuse to wait on protecting your family's future, and quotes are free. Don't put this off another day. Get your free quote today. Call 1-800-881-6868. That's 800-881-6868. Or go to selectquote.com. That's selectquote.com. I, I was going to cheekily make a remark here about the comments from Robert Sala, the coach of the Jets, yesterday. I will not do that in the wake of this news that is just coming across. Greg Knapp was a longtime NFL assistant coach, was in Denver for a long time and so, several other places and is now the passing game coordinator for the New York Jets is reportedly in the hospital in critical condition after suffering serious injuries in a bike crash. So I'm just starting to see the word of that. The Jets just released a statement asking for prayers for him and talking about what a great leader he is and has been there. So obviously uh, terrible news there coming out of that organization. We send our best wishes and we hope for nothing but the best. I will segue as neatly as I can into the conversation I was going to have about that because there was a serious one to be had Um, not comparatively to that, but a relatively serious one to be had about what Robert Sala said. I think this is interesting. The tease I gave you was, I'll tell you what one NFL coach has in common with the top sports psychologist in the world. And what Robert Sala said was that he looks forward to the adversity. Again, this is prior to the news of Greg Knapp. So he did not say that in response to this, to be clear. But he said that, that in his, in his first opportunity to be a head coach, that he looks forward to all of the difficult stuff that's going to come up in trying to solve those problems. And I will tell you who would applaud that position, someone I consider to be a guru. His name is Bob Rotella. He is a golf psychologist who has written multiple outstanding books on that subject, including the best of them, which is a, a book called Golf is not a game of perfect. If you've never read Golf is not a game of perfect and you're interested in either golf or psychology in any way, I can't recommend that book more wholeheartedly. I, it's not an endorsement. I don't, no one is asking me to say that. I've probably read that book 20 times. I think it's that good. And one of the lessons that he teaches you, and this is in golf, but it applies to everything is to embrace the adversity. So most people, most players, if they hit a bad shot, let's say you're on the tee box playing golf and you hit a ball into the trees, most people be like, oh, no, you stink. They'll beat themselves up. But the great players, 
embrace the opportunity to do something great, to overcome the hardship. You have to love it. You have to walk up to that saying, I love this part of the game, the part of the game that I get the opportunity to erase this bad shot, to punch out and still hit a really good shot up there and make the putt and save my par. The great players, every player on tour, they've ever watched a game, watch golf, and you see for the most part, these guys, when they hit a bad shot, they seem completely stoic. Like they're never like the, the guy, the guy playing golf in the foursome in front of you right now, where on a, on a Saturday who plays six times a year, will hit a bad shot off a tee box and start cursing and screaming and slamming clubs and yelling at himself about how bad he is when he has no business hitting good shots everywhere. But these people who have dedicated their lives to it and who are the best in the world at it understand and accept the fact that it's not a game of perfect, that you're going to hit a bad shot every once in a while. And the key, as Rotella puts it, the, 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 uh, the conclusion to your pre-shot routine is acceptance. You accept the shot for whatever it was, good, bad, or otherwise. You play it where it lies, and you embrace the opportunity to get out of it. So I'm, if you know anything about me, you know I'm fascinated by that stuff. I'm, I'm completely fascinated by the psychology of sports and how it applies well beyond sports. I think that lesson applies in almost every single element of your life. And so I just thought that was interesting. So I was going to bring that up in an entirely different context. Again, it doesn't seem... Uh, the situation with Greg Knapp obviously is is a terrible one. We send our best thoughts there, and we hope for nothing but the very best on that front. It's obviously much more significant than the other bad news coming out from the NFL today, but the news, I just saw, saw Shefty tweeting, uh, again, that Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams, their leading rusher last year, tore his Achilles working out. Training camp hasn't even started yet, and he's done. So a bad loss for them, and and we will see. Again, training camps are starting. The Cowboys report tomorrow. They're the first team to do it. The Steelers, I think, report the day after that. And then starting next week, all these teams start rolling in. So if you're looking for really good football conversation, I promise you, this will be the place that you will get it every single day. Be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's ultimate unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month, all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise, compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I loved what happened yesterday on this show. I loved that a caller kind of put me in my place. For those of you who weren't with us, let me explain to you what happened. So Dave Rothenberg, my friend from New York, said on the air on ESPN New York that he would like to have a rest stop named after him on the New Jersey Turnpike. And I had a lengthy discussion about how I myself would not like to have a rest stop named after me on the New Jersey Turnpike because nothing good happens at a rest stop. My association with a rest stop is that's where everybody stops to pee. And by the way, you got a text from a friend of yours. What did it say? This is my, this is my friend Vinny. He uses the New Jersey Turnpike every single day, and this is what he said. Having a rest stop named after you is gross, but not because people pee there. Peeing is like the fifth grossest thing people do at the Vince Lombardi <laughs> rest stop. Okay, so to be clear... For all these reasons, I myself am not interested. I'd much rather have almost anything named in my honor, including a restaurant dish, than having a rest stop named in my honor. And I, I stated on the air, I believe nothing good happens at a rest stop. And a guy named Brian called up and put me in my place. Bubba has one more. This one is going to be outstanding. Bubba, who is it? We got Brian. All right, Brian, what's on your mind? 
your point that nothing good happens at rest stops, uh, I totally disagree with. Hmm. I don't know what happens in New Jersey on the turnpike, but uh, in South Carolina on I-95, uh, we have some lovely rest stops with um, picnic tables, uh, places to walk your dog. And I met my future wife uh, while walking a dog uh, a number of years ago, uh, a very romantic encounter, not one you uh, might think of, but just a, a chance meeting that we ended up falling in love and getting married. Attaboy, Brian. I love it. He met his wife. She was walking a dog. He was walking a dog. They met at a rest stop. They're married 25 years now. And we're sure his name was Brian? It turns out his name was Brian. We both called him by the wrong name. (laughs) I I called him by the name of a caller who had called in previously. You called him by a name that had not come up in the conversation at all. But one way or another, that is not the point of the story. The crux of the story is that Brian put us in our place. And so I love that stuff. So I'm just going to throw open a phone number here real quick. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. If you have a good story about how you met your spouse or your future significant other, ideally one that comes from the world of sports, I like those the best. But even if it doesn't, if it's kind of good like that, you think it's worth getting on the air, chime in with that. I like those stories. And I'm only going to spend a minute on here. But if Nuno or Bubba, you get a really good call in there. Let's throw one or two of those up because I really like that when he said that. It was just sort of a nice thing. He said he was walking a lab. She was walking a beagle. They encountered each other. Oh, what a cute dog. What a cute dog. 25 years later, they're married. That was a great story. How, you met your wife at work, right? I met my wife at work, and that work was on Mike and Mike at the time. Lizzie joined Mike and Mike when I was the researcher. We uh, interacted some on remotes, and we're and that's sort of <laughs> that's how, uh, how it all started. So, and, and so you would on. describe that as an interaction. As an interaction, yes. It, it turned into much more, though. See, much I more than you and JLo. No, see, here's my point. Mm. If a shark bites off your leg. That's not an interaction. Although sometimes Lizzie does want to bite off. No, but that's not my point. No, no, finish the sentence. My leg. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Uh, 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 Here's the point. Mm -hmm. That, well, I forgot the point now. I'm sorry, I did ruin your point. That little interaction (laughs) just kind of threw me off my game completely. So, uh, <laughs> and you're pretty good at talking. That was, yes. that was the wrong thing to say. I don't have a meet cute. Like, I don't have that story. <laughs> Stacey and I met in a, in a gym. We were introduced by a friend. She doesn't like it when I say that we met in a gym because it sounds like I sauntered over to the, you know, the bench press bar and I was like, hey, what's cooking? <laughs> no, good everyone knows that's not you. That's not what happened. So, <laughs> no, she was eating lunch with a friend of mine and I walked by the table. He introduced us and here we are wow. almost 24 years of marriage mm. later. So. But we were looking for any good stories. Are there any good ones there, Bubba, or should I move on to something else? Because I still got to do game picks for tonight and a whole lot more. You got anybody ready to go? We're getting there. All right. (laughs) (laughs) See, because that's how far on the screen. See, I don't have any problem with that. Because for Nuno, I was a a call screener. That was my first job in talk radio. I screened calls. And that's hard to do because I I guarantee you right now, there's 50 people that have called in with stories, Uh but most of them are bad. Most of them are worse than my story was. <laughs> and, and Nuno's like, well, I don't want to put those on the air here. So he's trying to get a good story. You Bubba, know, do we have a good one? We're getting there. <laughs> you know, it's funny. A lot of people nowadays, they meet on these dating apps, right? And they often. That, that, that clearly is a thing now, right? Very that, much so. Regardless of your age. Like, like, like that. What I, uh-huh. My understanding of dating apps uh-huh. when they first began was for like people my age who were divorced oh. and were having trouble going out and meeting new people. But now I encounter any number of people who are in their 20s who are on dating apps yes. and seem to be using them to great success. Yes, but I have found that many of those people make up stories about how they met. When they tell their parents, because they're ashamed of the dating app for some oh, reason. There's a, there's a I stigma because the parents are like, "How could that 
you know, be such a thing. What were you doing online? So you make up a story about how you met someone at, a, at the gym or at work or at a bar or restaurant. So let me think. If I were to make up a story, let's just say, for the, again, my story is totally uninteresting. Stacey and I were introduced by a mutual friend. But, and not, not as a fix-up, literally. I walked by the table. He said, hello. But if, if we had met on a dating app and we didn't want to tell our parents that, what would be a good story? Like, what, what's the story I would make up? It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thought. Hmm. We think we got a call? All right, I'll think about it while we hear this one. Uh, Bubba, who is our first caller? We're going to go to Jim in Ohio. All right, Jim, there's some pressure on you here. We think he passed the threshold. Let's so hear let's it, Jim. Give me, your, let me give me your meet cute story here. All righty. I, uh, I met my wife when I was 10 years old. I was a football player, you know, playing like the, the Wii, you know, uh, Pop Warner. She was a cheerleader. And then we didn't see each other for about 20 years, 25 almost. And I was in a store. She saw me. I'm about a foot and a half taller than I was back then. And uh, I recognized her. She, I've grown taller. She's lost a lot of weight, but I couldn't mention that. That's how I didn't recognize her at first. But you can't say that to her face. But I just said, oh, I recognize you. I recognize your eyes. Boom, right in. We went out for a drink that night, and we got some food. I got food poisoning that night on our first date, and so I slept at her house, not for the reasons you'd think, but because I had food poisoning, and I never left. Wow. Okay, I like it. I like it. That's oh, a great God. story. That is an outstanding is. story. <laughs> Very quickly, though, uh, did, did he, you recognize each other from being 10 years old? Like, looking at each other like that, ten, you, you had no other, like, you weren't friends in school or anything like that? You just recognized we each other? Same high school. We went to the same high school, but we weren't friends. We didn't hang out in the same groups. I kept playing football. She stopped cheerleading, and uh, we did not hang out. She just recognized me. She said she recognized uh she just recognized my face a little bit, and she just asked me if my name was Jim, and I said, yeah, what's yours? And she said, it's Andrea, and I said, oh, and then I recognized her face, but she's lost, she, my, my wife has legitimately lost 182 pounds, Whoa. and so she is much different looking, but I can't bring that up to, I couldn't bring that up in, in a <laughs> chance meeting. I understand. You know, I just was grabbing, I was just grabbing some rice off a top shelf. She was too, <laughs> she was too short to reach. boy. And so I handed it to her and she had her daughter in the cart. And then I just, her mom came around saw us talking. And then her mom took the cart and texted her from the other aisle, said, take him out tonight. Oh. So, or, and, and so we went out, we went out and got food. And apparently I must have some sort of a, of a seafood allergy because I started having a really bad issue and I slept in her bed. She slept on the couch and I, I literally never left. We got married uh, nine months later. Okay. Let me say two things. First of all, Jim, that was one outstanding phone call. Thank you for sharing your story. Second, Nuno, you're the best producer in the history of radio. For me to have just thrown that at you, like off the cuff, and for you to have to scramble during a segment and you come up with that? Well done. That is spectacular. When he got to the seafood allergy, that was when it just went over the top for me. Brilliantly done. Brilliantly done, Nuno. Appreciate it. So we're going to stay away from the... Waffle House story, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's one about the Waffle Screen House. Yeah. If, uh, why is there another one there I should take, or should I get to the picks? Uh, we can go to uh, we go to Scott in Pennsylvania. All right, let me hear. Let me do one more. He said that so hesitantly. I'm a little nervous. Scott in Pennsylvania, give me your mute, meet cute story. Okay, so I met my wife at a world. You ever heard of World Team Tennis? Uh, did you say, what, what was the first two, world tour tennis? 
World Team Tennis. It's a team yeah, World tennis Team event. Tennis, of course. Yes, I, I know what it is, of course. So listen, we was at the Springfield Lasers Stadium, and they was doing pre-warm-ups. And I met her, and I, and I met her there, but there was Kim Clyde. They was playing the New York Empire. Okay. Now, on that team, there's Kim Clijsters. Yeah. Now, you know Kim Clijsters is a jokester. Okay. So we were like, so, so we was rooting for the Springfield Lasers because, you know, my mom lives in Springfield, and she likes the Springfield Lasers. So we were in the regalia and all that. And there was nobody in the stadium. So they were practicing and practicing and practicing. And Kim Clijsters come up. And I, and, I, and I literally said under my breath, and I don't know how Kim said it, but I was like, yeah, you guys are going to lose. And she said, what? So she, we, we, uh, we just kept, like, heckling her, but I don't know how the hell she heard it, right? <laughs> but there was people arriving into the arena. So Kim approached me, and she said, oh, you want to heckle me, huh? You want to, uh, she said something along the lines of me heckling her and all that, right? Uh-huh. She, she, so she goes, come here. She goes inside her gym bag, reaches inside her gym bag, and she goes, young man, come here. And everybody's looking at me like, what, why does she want me to come over there? So, and my wife, who I, I wasn't talking to at the time, she's just laughing at me. And I, she's like, hey, go over there, go over there. So I go over there. She goes inside her gym bag, right? And guess what she forces me to do? What? She, she reaches inside her gym bag, and she reaches out and grabs a skirt and tells me to put it on and go out there and play. And everybody <laughs> in the arena was laughing at me. Did you put on the skirt? Yes, they were literally <laughs> laughing at me, right? I'm like, and they all taking pictures. I'm like, oh man, I hope no. I'm like, listen, I can't even do this, right? But my wife, my future wife, was letting you know. She was like, oh, that was that was so brave of you to do that, you know. And you know, we got to talking and all that. And two years later, we're married. I love right. that story. <laughs> that is an outstanding story, Good boy. Kim Kleisters gives him a skirt. He winds up playing world team tennis. And the next thing you know, he's married to a woman who thought he showed guts. For a while there, I thought that was actually Kim Kleister's husband. I, for one brief second, I was wondering how this was going to factor in. Okay, very well done. I like the call. Classic that was Kim fun. Kleister's Kim, it, it is. That's, that's, that's typical Kim. You know, very good. Right, quickly. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. Bucks minus five tonight. Over under is 222. No public lean on the spread. 69% of the public is on the under. I think Milwaukee is going to win tonight. I I, I do. I, if I have to give it the kiss of death pick, I'm going to take Milwaukee and I'm going to give the five points. Are we good with that? I, I think we're going to get a, a classic tonight. A very close game. I'm not willing to give five points. I'm giving five. All I'm right. taking Milwaukee. I'm giving the five. 69% of the public is on the under. As they get more and more tired, figure you're going to get more mm-hmm. and more offense. So I think I will go over. I will take the Bucks minus five and the over at 222 for tonight. That's the hashtag KOD pick. Good luck to everybody in Milwaukee and Phoenix. It should be fun to watch tonight, all you crazy fans. Uh, I hope you have a good night tonight with your teams, and I will see you back and better than ever tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.